Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Winning, whatever that means to you. Anyone here like to play games? Oh, okay, almost everybody. I mean, that's what I've noticed too. Whether it's board games, video games, card games, or sports, most people that I know like to play games. And they like to play to win. Of course, each game has its own particular objective, but there are some common strategies that can apply to all games. One of them is the art of distraction. If you can get your opponent to lose their focus on the primary objective of the game, you can often methodically make significant progress toward winning by maintaining your own focus on the true objective of the game. So one good example that I remember where this has been done is in the strategy of sports, and Dennis Rodman came to mind as an example. He was a rather distracted person. He was an NBA star who played with several teams, including the Chicago Bulls, who, along with Michael Jordan, won several championship games. Rodman was known for his outstanding rebounding and his tough defense, which is as much mental as it was physical. In a time when tattoos and hair dyeing were much less common than it is today, Rodman had many tattoos and dyed his hair, as you can see, several colors. He'd also taunt his opponents, getting them to focus more on getting even or getting back at him rather than scoring points. And with all these distractions Rod introduced, he was able to effectively shut down many of his opponents, earning him the NBA Defensive Player of the Year two times. Now, even when we don't have someone actively trying to distract us, it happens frequently in life. We often turn our attention towards goals that create anxiety rather than joy. And sometimes we waste a lot of our time worrying about these distractions. This is exactly what Jesus was warning his disciples about in the passage that we read today. The passage starts with the words, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is actually a reiteration of a similar passage that he told his disciples earlier in verses 22 and 23 of the same chapter when he said, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. The things of uh, life are a source of anxiety for many of us. But Christ tells us that worrying about these things distract us from focusing on what can truly make us successful in having a fulfilling life. Again, which you have to figure out. Whether you're trying to protect the things that you've acquired, or trying to figure out how to acquire more of what you want, or you are truly in need of the basic necessities of life, Jesus tells us not to worry. God will provide. Of course, being truly hungry or without clothing merits significant concern. But God will act. And perhaps through the hands and feet of those of us who listen and follow the teachings of Christ in order to give us what we need. 
When the disciples of Jesus, those of us who are students of Christ, who are following his word, seek to follow his will, we will share the things that we have in abundance with those who have a greater need. Rather than experiencing anxiety from trying to keep or control the things we have, we release the things which we do have, which gives us a greater sense of freedom and enables our brothers and sisters in Christ to experience life in a more fulfilling way for the things that they need. This selfless sharing is what Jesus tells his disciples to do in the very next verse of our passage. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We don't really need a lot of the things that we have. And by selling those extra things, we make space for the, the things that we make space for and yet don't need, we can use the proceeds to make necessities of life available to those who are truly in need, thereby making space for the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And the joy that comes from sharing the love of Christ with others, whom that we can help, is a window into the kingdom of God that we can gaze into from this side of eternity. This love of Christ that I'm talking about is not only offering the good news that Jesus has made it possible for us to improve our relationship with God or mend our relationship with God through his crucifixion and resurrection, what we call salvation, but it's also the pragmatic work of feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, and giving water to the thirsty and welcoming the stranger, caring for the sick and visiting the prisoners, as Christ mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew. These are the kinds of tasks that accrue as treasure in the kingdom of God, which Jesus urged his disciples to build up. It is this kind of treasure that cannot rust, be eaten by moths, or be stolen. When we are motivated in life to acquire this kind of treasure, Jesus teaches us that our approach to daily living will change. He told his disciples, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which suggests that our greatest passion is tied to those things that we value the most. Now, this idea is well known and is used often in marketing all the time in all the ways that people use to get us to purchase or pay attention to what our products, services, or perspectives that someone is trying to tell us or sell us. Playing on the human desires of comfort, physical attraction, and prestige or power, ads are created in ways that suggest that we will acquire or achieve one or more of these objectives if we buy whatever's being offered. So at least subconsciously, these are the things that we place a great deal of value in, and they often drive our behavior. But Jesus wants his followers to be different. He wants his followers to be motivated by the prospect of creating value in the economy of God, in helping build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. By loving neighbors and loving God, we can use the gift of our own free will to foster love and compassion in those around us, rather than defaulting to selfishness and pride. 
living a life driven by a desire to acquire treasures such as the fruits of the Spirit, which, if you may recall, from Corinthians or Galatians, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These lead us into something that we would likely consider a more successful life. Having faith in God, following the teachings of Jesus, and intentionally striving to build heaven on earth are important things to focus on, which can lead us to a life lived well. But they can also be very difficult. There are challenges in life that can test a person's faith, leaving them wondering if God is really in control. And the teachings of Jesus are sometimes hard to follow when they seem to conflict with the general assumptions and actions of the rest of society. And purposefully choosing a course of action that builds up others at the apparent cost of our own self-interest can be hard. But this is what Christ asks us to do, and to do it consistently. He urged his disciples to be dressed for action and have their lamps lit. Those who are able to stay focused and avoid distractions will be rewarded in a way that may seem almost incredible. Jesus said to his disciples, Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. Now, such an image must have been difficult to accept in the first century, where a master comes in, fastens his belt, and serves the slaves. But this is consistent with the images of heaven that Jesus paints. You can see them in the Beatitudes and the parables that Jesus gives his disciples. There is much to look forward to in the heavenly kingdom. And we don't have to wait for death to get a taste of it. We can experience the peace, love, and joy of kingdom living by following Christ's teachings today. We can release ourselves from the high-pressure anxiety of our time by having faith in God, giving up our desires for material wealth and power, and intentionally striving to create a space of love and compassion for ourselves and for the rest of the world around us, diligently working towards a lifestyle that exhibits these traits will culminate with intangible rewards that may be too good to even possibly imagine. But Christ tells us that it will happen. So I encourage you today to accept this offer from Christ. Let go of your material desires that create anxiety in your life and consistently strive for the kingdom of heaven here on earth, and you will be winning. Amen.